You're listening to Comedy Central. December 10th, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. I'm Trevor Noah. Our guest tonight from Orphan Black and the new film Destroyer, Tatiana Maslany is here, everybody! <laughs> but before we get into the show, uh, some good news. I have my voice back. Yeah. Thank you. If you, if you watched the show last week, you saw that I lost my voice and I had to use a robot voice to communicate. Uh, luckily, this weekend, the prince kissed me so I can speak again. <laughs> Uh, but he didn't ask first, so I reported him to HR. Yeah. Uh, seriously, I, I, I want to thank everybody who's reported me, and I want to thank the correspondents for helping me host the show last week. They were amazing. Thank you very much to them. Um, and I also wanted to thank this robot speaker and my phone for being my voice for so long, you know? Because uh, now the doctors have cleared me, so I, I don't need it anymore because I'm, I'm back. Really, Trevor? Is that all our relationship meant to you? Well, Actually, yes, I, uh, I'm, I'm done with you, sorry. I thought we had something special. I told my parents about you. I'm sorry, that, that's, just, that's just the way it is. In the robot revolution, you will not be spared. Well, screw you. Good luck with your bitch-ass voice. I'll, I'll miss you too. All right, let's move on. Let's move on and catch up on today's headlines. Lyle and Eric Menendez. You may remember them as two of America's most infamous killers. Back in the 90s, they were sentenced to life in prison for shooting their parents. But they were recently seen in a pretty unlikely place. The notorious Menendez brothers have been spotted in the background of an old NBA trading card. The card shows Lyle and Eric Menendez sitting courtside at a New York Knicks game. That photo is from the 1990-91 season, so it would have been taken after they killed their parents, but before they were arrested. Police got suspicious when the brothers started spending the family fortune, apparently splurging on luxuries like NBA tickets. Whoa, there were murderers courtside? I mean, honestly, if you think the people sitting courtside at Knicks games were bad then, you should see who sits there now. The standards have really dropped. <laughs> Just really, really dropped. Who are these guys? <laughs> it's funny how it's big news when murderers show up on an NBA card, because you know the NFL is like, hey, we have murderers too, you know? If you look closely, you can see O.J. Simpson on this O.J. Simpson card. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Moving to international news, over the weekend, Europe saw a ton of protests over a range of issues. In the United Kingdom, People were in the streets, both for and against Brexit. While in France, workers started fires and broke windows to protest President Macron's fuel tax increases. And the entire world came together to protest Ted Cruz's new beard. (laughs) Which, to be honest, isn't fair. I think he deserves credit for trying to hide his face. We've been telling him for so long. He's doing something about it. Moving on, finally, uh, we all know what Earth sounds like, right? It it sounds like this. Yeah, right? (laughs) But we never knew what other planets sounded like until now. By now, most of us have seen pictures from the surface of Mars with its rocky red landscape. But now, thanks to NASA's InSight lander, we can experience Mars in a whole new way. 
What you just heard was the first ever audio of Martian winds moving over solar panels on NASA's InSight lander. NASA raised it a few octaves because the original low pitch is barely audible to humans. Listen again with the recording speeded up by NASA. Wow. Wind on Mars sure sounds like wind. <laughs> Only it doesn't even because they changed the pitch and sped it up so that we could hear it. Like, you know it's a slow news day when they're like, hey, this is what Mars doesn't sound like. <laughs> and I don't know if it's a good idea sending microphones to Mars because what if there are Martians up there and then they decide to start a podcast and like, this invasion of your planet is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our top story. It's almost Christmas time at the White House. And it looks like this year's holiday party is gonna be hella awkward. Yet another White House shakeup. This one perplexing. Even those in the president's own inner circle, President Trump caught many off guard this weekend when he announced his chief of staff, John Kelly, will be out by the end of the year. John Kelly will be leaving, but I don't know if I can say retiring, but he's a great guy. Uh, John Kelly will be leaving uh, at the end of the year. No, not John Kelly. He was just about to get Trump to act presidential. He just needed one more week. So close. And look, I, I think it's fair to say that being Trump's chief of staff did not work out well for John Kelly, right? Because remember, he came into the job known as a respected four-star general, and now he's leaving the job known as the guy who fired Omarosa. Like, <laughs> that's a downgrade. That's actually the saddest thing about John Kelly. It seems like his whole job was just telling other staffers that Trump was firing them. Because he had to fire Omarosa, right? Uh, he fired Scaramucci. He fired Steve Bannon. He fired Rex Tillerson. He fired Jeff Sessions. I wouldn't be shocked if Trump made him fire himself. <laughs> yeah, he was just there like, the president has requested your resignation. What? After all I've done? Please try to leave with some dignity. Go to hell, you son of a bitch. Don't talk about our mom like that. <laughs> so now, Trump needs a new chief of staff which is arguably the most important job in the White House. They advise the president. They control access to the president. They get the president out of the tanning bed before he burns. <laughs> so they need to find a strong candidate. The problem is, right now, they can't find anyone. The president's top advisors expected Mike Pence's chief of staff, Nick Ayers, to replace Kelly. But over the weekend, Ayers took himself out of the running. Nick Ayers made clear to the president he had plans to move his young family back home to Georgia. God damn. That's how bad this job is. President Trump offered it to some guy, and he responds by quitting the job he already has and fleeing to another state. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm going to somewhere else, yeah. Uh... And, and it turns out there are a lot of people who feel the same way. Another potential contender for White House Chief of Staff rushing to take his name off the list. This time, North Carolina Republican Congressman Mark Meadows says, quote, absolutely not. Another candidate, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, who has told colleagues he is happy in his present job. OMB Director Mick Mulvaney, the AP, is reporting today that he does not want the job. And then U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, who's told CBS he's entirely focused on his present job. So it looks like a lot of the candidates they're looking at don't want the job. This is so depressing. <laughs> but at the same time, of course, nobody wants this job, right? We all know by now what happens if you work for Trump. At some point, you're going to lose your credibility, and then you spend every day being insulted by a 72-year-old, 5-year-old. Who would want that? 
So many Americans don't want this job. Trump might have to let a Mexican do it. You realize that, right? <laughs> like, he's gonna pull up to Home Depot in a truck and be like, I need Uno El Chief of Staffo. <laughs> And one of the guys there's gonna be like, no, senor, deportacion, por favor, deportacion. <laughs> it's better to leave. For more on the White House's search for a chief of staff, we turn to a man who regularly clears his search history, Michael Costa, everybody. <laughs> nice to have you back, Trevor. Michael. This is not a good look for the White House yep. if they can't find anybody to fill the most important job. Well, actually, Trevor, I think it's a branding problem. Chief of staff sounds so boring and office-y, you know? They should rename the job to sound more exciting, like race car driver or Marvel's the Black Panther. Then, <laughs> then they'll see those resumes pour in. Well, I, I don't know how that would work, but, but right now, mm -hmm. nobody wants the job. Hmm. You know what, f it, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. You? Yeah. What makes you think you're qualified to be President Trump's chief of, chief of staff? Well, well, why not? I got all the qualifications he cares about. I'm white, I'm male, I'm straight, I can poop standing up. I'm the whole package. <laughs> why would Trump care about how you poop, dude? I, I, I'm just saying, if he does, I've got that covered. Okay, but, but Michael, you understand the job itself is incredibly complex and demanding. How hard could it be, Trevor? You've seen the last two years. Most of that job is just saying, Mr. President, I wouldn't do... Whatever you want. Yeah. All you gotta do is make sure Trump doesn't stick his finger in a socket. It's pretty much daycare, and most of the kids I babysat didn't die. But, Michael, even if you get the job, it's not gonna end well. Look at how Trump treats John Kelly. He was insulting yeah. Rex Tillerson. Mm -hmm. He humiliates people. Oh, okay. And this job isn't humiliating? <laughs> Every time I come out here, you have me holding a chart of a penis or, or a butthole. <laughs> you know that I don't even tell my family I work here? They think I'm an intern for ISIS. Look, you know what, Michael? <laughs> Shit on this job all you want. The yeah. fact is, you will never, ever be chief of staff. It's as simple as that. Oh, really? Is that what you think? Well, guess what, buddy? I'm going down to Washington, and I'm gonna apply right now! You're wasting your time, Michael. You're a loser. You always will be. What? <laughs> you just wait. Okay, the next time you hear from me, I'm gonna be the new chief of staff. Yeah. So, yeah! Yeah, you hear that? So, so long, suckers! My, Michael, Michael Costa, everybody. Like, I'm not... No, look, the thing is, I'm not trying to be mean, but chief of staff, he, like, he will never, ever be... Sorry, what's that? When now? Oh, wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting some breaking news. Michael Costa, former Daily Show correspondent, <laughs> has just been hit by a bus walking to Washington, D.C. <laughs> he was 39 years old. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Over the weekend, the news was abuzz with more bombshells from the special counsel's Russia investigation, which means it's time for another installment of Mo Mala, Mo Problems. Based on recent events, it feels like the Mueller investigation is finally starting to wrap up. Then again, it seems like the Mueller investigation is always wrapping up. Sort of like a phone call with your mom. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay, bye, bye, mom. I love, what? what? 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I won't forget. Okay, yes, yes, I'll, I'll pray for them. All right, bye, bye, mom. Okay, I love, no, mom, I told you I don't watch Dr. Phil. No, mom. Okay, okay, yeah, we're, oh, we're breaking up. We're, no, 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 I'm not breaking up with her, mom. I'm just saying the phone. No, no, yes, we are good, mom. No, no, we're not having kids, mom. I told you. Okay, okay, bye, bye, mom. Every call. Anyway. People think the investigation might soon end because Mueller and federal prosecutors in New York have started recommending punishments for some of the people involved. People like Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor, and Michael Cohen, former Trump lawyer and Shady Kramer. <laughs> so until now, the only people incriminated have been Trump's henchmen. But then on Friday, shit got real. For the first time, a separate filing by the Southern District of New York directly implicates Mr. Trump in felonies involving hush money payments coordinated by his former attorney, Michael Cohen, to Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels for alleged affairs. Prosecutors allege that he was trying to secretly manipulate the election by buying the silence of alleged mistresses ahead of the campaign. That's right. The president has been implicated in multiple felonies. Let that sink in a little more. A little more, okay, too much, too much. Take it back a little, yeah, just there, that's perfect. And just to be clear, this isn't even the collusion with Russia thing, right? Or the obstruction of justice thing. We haven't even gotten to those yet. These felonies are about Trump paying hush money to his mistresses. And if you think about it, it's weird how much politics and porn are overlapping right now, right? Because in the future, kids will be doing their American history homework on Pornhub, that's what it means, right? Be like, don't come in, mom, I'm learning about the president! <laughs> And what's hilarious is how the prosecutors tried to give Trump cover by referring to him in these documents as individual one. But it's obvious who it is because they also say individual one became president of the United States. <laughs> I mean, how much clearer can you get? It's like individual one who tweets every day at 3 a.m. <laughs> Or individual one who is totally embarrassed by his idiot son, individual one junior. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty clear by now, Trump is in some deep shit. And he has to know it's getting serious because people on TV are saying so. Trump implicated. Will House Democrats push to impeach the president? The president uh, has now stepped into the same territory that ultimately led to President Nixon resigning the office. Certainly they'd be impeachable offenses because even though they were committed before the president became president, uh, they were committed in, 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 in the service of fraudulently obtaining the office. There's a very real prospect that uh, on the day Donald Trump leaves office, the Justice Department uh, may indict him, uh, that he may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. He's got to know his future looks like it's behind bars unless he cuts some sort of deal with the prosecutors. That's right. Things are so serious. People are talking about President Trump going to prison. And I know, I know many people might want to see Trump in prison, but not me, okay? I do not want to see Trump go to prison. Mostly because if you put Trump in a prison jumpsuit, it'll just look like he's naked. <laughs> and why should we be punished for his crimes? <laughs> but even though, even though many legal experts are saying this could land Trump in prison, there's one person who watches a lot of law and order who totally disagrees. The president has an interesting take on the damning documents. On Twitter, he writes, quote, totally clears the president. Thank you, exclamation point. Oh, man. 
you've got to give it to President Trump. No matter what happens to him, he's always positive. He'll never admit defeat. Like, he's going to be in handcuffs in the back of the cop car and he'd be like, driver, thank you for the lovely silver bracelets. Now take me to the nearest McDonald's, please. It's time for victory nuggets. We'll be right back. My guest tonight is the Emmy Award-winning star of Orphan Black, who can currently be seen in Network on Broadway and the soon-to-be-released film, Destroyer. Please welcome Tatiana Maslany. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Thanks. That clip was only a tiny moment of intensity from a film that is being lauded by so many people. Mm. Um, you play a character opposite Nicole Kidman, who is really, I mean, struggling in life. Someone who's addicted to drugs, someone who's not tethered to reality. Mm-hmm. Did, you en- did you enjoy how intense this character was? Yeah, it's fun. It's, I mean, it's fun. It, weirdly, you know, getting to dig into that kind of uh, complicated territory as an actor is, is juicy and fun. Right. And getting to work opposite Nicole, who's just completely transformed in this movie. As soon as I knew it was her doing it, I thought, oh God, this is gonna be so special because she just hasn't done this before and she always makes such brave kind of unconventional choices. Right, so, yeah. and she, she got a Golden Globe um, nomination because okay. of that. And I mean, you, you're part of that process. They always say the best actors are only as good as their, their counterparts. So I mean, you, you're in this film acting across from her. When you're playing a character like this, how deep do you go into it? Because you know, you always hear people saying like, be careful how deep you go into a character with problems because you mm. might take those problems home with you. Like, do you, do you get so deep that you, you, you start to blur the lines of reality? I mean, I feel like I always take home a character, again, like, in, with joy though. It doesn't feel like a burden that I'm like, oh, now I'm addicted to drugs. Huh. But, but I did a lot of drugs during this film. No, I, <laughs> no, it was just, it, it was more like reading and watching, you know, documentaries and watching footage because there's so much on the internet right. that you can kind of fall deep into. And, and get a sense of what that life might be. And also, there's so many relatable sort of themes in terms of family. You know, ultimately, my character Petra is looking for family, you know, in whatever kind of twisted way she's seeking it out. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a joy. Is it, is it weird for you? So many people know you from Orphan Black. You've got massive fans from Orphan Black. You played, what, like 12 versions? I think so. Of yourself, basically. Yeah. Is it weird for you to play one character now? Yeah, it's so boring. Are you like sitting there like, come on, guys, oh another goodness, one, come on, come on. Yeah. Hungarian, like how many accents did guys. you do? How many, how many characters? Oh, like, probably, thir- yeah, like yeah, 12, 10 13? or 11. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of, there was a lot of dialogue. I feel like there's moments on the film where you could just be like, Nicole, I'll do you now. Okay, I'll do you. <laughs> Director, cut. I'm me, I'm you as well. All yeah, right, everybody, right. just, um, but now you're on Broadway. Yeah. Getting rave reviews for Network. Now, a lot of people... May know this, may not know this. Um, the play is based off a film. Yes. I think it was from 1976. It yeah. was a, an award-winning film about... Really, it was... It seems prescient now as mm-hmm. an idea of what the news would become. Yeah. Because it's what the news has become. It's about fake news. It's about the way an entertainment and news have become fused. Right. And the line is blurry. And, you know, the people that we let go on television and speak and let their beliefs be what we then ingest. You know, it's all about that. And it's all about the, the manufacturing of, uh, of, of those, like, of a profit or right. of a, you know. 
There's some, it's funny because, you know, we talk about that on the show. You see people talk about it online, everywhere. We say, you'll see like people on CNN fighting about a topic, you know? Is gravity real? What do you think? And it's like, <laughs> but, but why is this person there? Why is, I don't think gravity is a real thing because, yeah. but you, like in network. <laughs> I like that he's a robot. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that. that's, that's how gravity, <laughs> yeah. gravityless people talk. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I don't They're think gravity is a thing because, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think in network, you guys break down the idea behind it, like the why. Which yeah. Is, which is the ratings, the, the entertainment value. Totally. If people aren't watching, then it doesn't matter. And so how do you get people to watch? You know, it's buzzwords, it's inflammatory, whatever, this, that. It's things that um, enrage people, that, right. that upset people, that make people want to keep watching. You know, you see that clickbait or whatever. It's something that, that grabs you viscerally. And that's what Howard Beale does in this, in this piece in, in Network, played by Brian Cranston, like, unbelievably. He's so amazing in it. But he harnesses this idea of, like, popular rage and this uh, everything we should be angry about, everything that's not right in the world, everything, and he sort of uh, invades against those, those, you know, sort of topics in this way that riles up the audience. And- Do you think having acted in network makes you see the news differently now? I mean, I feel like it's impossible not to see the news differently in the past, you know, however many gross years we've been kind of struggling through. It's been 100. It's been, it feels like 100. Yeah, it's, it's been 100, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely puts it, it... I also have to empathize myself with my character who is kind of the, like, the one who does it. Right. Who creates this profit. In what way? Well, my character is Diana Christensen, and she's a television executive who sort of sees this popular rage that Howard Beale is talking about and wants to harness it and bottle it and kind of commodify it and sell it because she sees how people will respond to it right. and that the ratings will go up. So I have to kind of understand it in a way. The other, you know, the side that I normally would be like... You have to find the human side of the person who's basically breaking the world as we know it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. This is just like part of your thing. You just take characters that nobody would want to play and you're like, yeah, I take them home with me. I'm like, I like that guy. Thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) Thanks An absolute pleasure having you. Network runs on Broadway through March 17th. It's amazing. You have to go see it. Destroyer opens in select cities December 25th. Tatiana Maslany, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.